Hello, everyone. It's September 4th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast. And we are delighted to hit the road again today for further excursions through the pages of the Bible. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and we are making progress through both the Old and New Testaments, reading the daily passages according to the one-year Bible reading plan. This ensures that we complete our journey in a year with the bonus of a complete round trip in the book of Psalms. We also have the benefit of a daily outfitting with wisdom from the book of Proverbs. We are currently in our 21st book in the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of the reporter, or as the English Standard Version translates, Koheleth, the Hebrew word for the one who addresses an assembly, the preacher. However, rather than the message of deliverance, preaching the special revelation in regard to the person and work of Christ, the preacher in the book of Ecclesiastes reports on what is known within the limits of natural wisdom, and it is a frustration of vanity and vexation. It reminds us of what we recently read in the New Testament regarding the limits of man's knowledge and wisdom without the aid of the Word and Spirit of God. Certainly men and women bearing the shadow image of God have ideas about God and the benefits of common grace. But we learn in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 21 that they do not have the knowledge of God. For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 27, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And then he gives us the gracious invitation to come and know him personally by believing on him as the way to know God, the truth about God, and the life of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by Him. And He says, Come to Me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. There is a type of Christ in our reading today in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9. There is a wise man representing a wisdom that is overlooked, suppressed, and forgotten, who actually provides deliverance. See if you can recognize Him. Let us learn not to overlook or forget God's perfect provision for our deliverance through the person and work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let's set out on today's journey in the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, beginning with chapter 7 and reading through to the end of chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, The Contrast of Wisdom and Folly A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of the fools is in the house of mirth. It is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fools. This also is vanity." Surely oppression drives the wise into madness, and a bribe corrupts the heart. Better is the end of a thing than its beginning, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the heart of fools. Say not, Why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance, 
an advantage to those who see the sun. For the protection of wisdom is like the protection of money, and the advantage of knowledge is that wisdom preserves the life of him who has it. Consider the work of God. Who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity be joyful, and in the day of adversity consider, God has made the one as well as the other, so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. In my vain life I have seen everything. There is a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man who prolongs his life in his evil doing. Be not overly righteous, and do not make yourself too wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Be not overly wicked, neither be a fool. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you should take hold of this, and from that withhold not your hand. For the one who fears God shall come out from both of them. Wisdom gives strength to the wise man more than ten rulers who are in a city. Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. All this I have tested by wisdom. I said I will be wise, but it was far from me. That which has been is far off and deep, very deep. Who can find it out? I turned my heart to know and to search out and to seek wisdom and the scheme of things and to know the wickedness of folly and the foolishness that is madness. And I find something more bitter than death, the woman whose heart is snares and nets and whose hands are fetters. He who pleases God escapes her, but the sinner is taken by her. Behold, this is what I found, says the preacher, while adding one thing to another to find the scheme of things, which my soul has sought repeatedly, but I have not found. One man among a thousand I found, but a woman among all these I have not found. See, this alone I found, that God made man upright, but they have sought out many schemes. Chapter 8. Keep the King's Command Who is like the wise, and who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the hardness of his face is changed. I say, keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Be not hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand in an evil cause, for he does whatever he pleases. For the word of the king is supreme, and who may say to him, What are you doing? Whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing, and the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way. For there is a time and a way for everything, although man's trouble lies heavy on him. For he does not know what is to be, for who can tell him how it will be? No man has power to retain the spirit or power over the day of death. There is no discharge from war, nor will wickedness deliver those who are given to it. All this I observed while applying my heart to all that is done under the sun, when man had power over man to his hurt. Then I saw the wicked buried. They used to go in and out of the holy place and were praised in the city where they had done such things. This also is vanity, because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily. The heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life, yet I know that it will be well with those who fear God, because they fear before Him. But it will not be well with the wicked, neither will he prolong his days like a shadow, because he does not fear before God. There is a vanity that takes place on earth, and there are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked, 
and there are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. I said that this also is vanity, and I commend joy, for man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful, for this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. When I applied my heart to know wisdom and to see the business that is done on earth, how neither day nor night do one's eyes see sleep. Then I saw all the work of God, that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. However much a man may toil in seeking, he will not find it out. Even though a wise man claims to know, he cannot find it out. Chapter 9. Death Comes to All But all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know, both are before him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and to him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner, and he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live, and after that they go to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate and their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. Go, eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Let your garments be always white. Do not let oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love, all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time, when it suddenly falls upon them. I have also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. The words of the wise heard in quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. This concludes today's reading from the Old Testament from the book of Ecclesiastes. Now let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have just read. The major part of the book of Ecclesiastes records this speech of the Koheleth, as we have learned, this Hebrew word is translated into Latin as Ecclesiastes, in English as reporter, teacher, preacher, or speaker. 
His speech begins in chapter 1, verse 2, and continues till chapter 12, verse 8. He is describing life as the natural man sees it, and he reports on the natural man's search for happiness. It is life under the sun, that is, natural philosophy, describing life in natural light, without wisdom from above, in James chapter 3, verse 17, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, and James chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. His conclusion is one that is widely adopted today. The only thing we can be sure of is the importance of enjoying the simple pleasures of life, friends, family, faith, good food, and the satisfaction of jobs well done, even though we may lack revelational knowledge of how these fit into the divine purpose. These pursuits are described through the teacher's speech. But this philosophy does not satisfy. The end of the book will declare that the thing of most importance is most neglected, to receive wisdom from above, a prophetic picture of life under the Son, the S-O-N, Son of God. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul speaks of what is of first importance, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3-5. to For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve. Death is coming to all men. The preacher, teacher, speaker cries out at the end of the book, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1, Don't waste your life on vanities. Where is Christ in the book of Ecclesiastes? After all, Jesus said that the Old Testament Scriptures, the three sections of the Tanakh, the Torah, the Prophets, the Writings, and the Psalms, testify of Him. In John chapter 5, verse 39, and Luke chapter 24, verse 44, we certainly see shadow images of Christ in at least two places. He is the forgotten wise man in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 14 through 16. There was a small city with few men in it, and a great king came to it, surrounded it, and constructed large siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor wise man, and he delivered the city by his wisdom. Yet no one remembered that poor man. So I said, Wisdom is better than strength but the wisdom of the poor man is despised and his words are not heeded. Human philosophy is based on human viewpoint with its limited reasoning and limited strength. For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 do you remember the wise man whom God appointed to bring salvation through the wisdom of the cross? We also see a shadow image of Christ in the last chapter, but that will have to wait for tomorrow's reading. A number of questions are put forth in today's readings. These questions are answered in the New Testament. Number one, why do bad things happen to seemingly good people? In Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 15, in Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, and James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Why should the righteous suffer? C.S. Lewis responded, Why not? They're the only ones who can handle it. Number two, what about my tendencies to obsessiveness? In Ecclesiastes 7:16, do not be excessively righteous, or super self-righteous, and do not be overly wise, intellectually proud. Why should you ruin yourself? Beware of the diseases of pride, legalism, and intellectualism. Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, that yoke speaks of a faith union with Christ and His finished work of redemption. Only Christ in you by the Spirit can live the Christian life, except you become as a little child. 
becoming repentant, humble, and reliant, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Beware of the dangers of self-indulgent hedonism and antinomianism, that is, using grace as a license to sin. Number three, what about my insecurity? In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 21 and 22, Also, do not take seriously all the words which are spoken, so that you will not hear your servant cursing you, for you also have realized that you likewise have many times cursed others. Number four, what about my self-disappointment? In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 23 through 25, we read, I tested all this with wisdom, and I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. What has been is remote and exceedingly mysterious. Who can discover it? We don't need to live in the past. You can't unscramble eggs. Confess your sins, receive God's forgiveness, and move on in faith. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, and Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Number 5. What about my gullibility, my being prone to seduction? In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 26 through 29, we read, And I discovered more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets, whose hands are chains. One who is pleasing to God will escape from her, but the sinner will be captured by her. The woman whose heart is snares and nets is a representative of the seductive world system. In Proverbs chapter 5, verses 3 through 14, Revelation chapter 14, verse 8, chapter 16, verse 19, chapter 17, verses 1 through 6, chapter 18, verses 1 through 24, and 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Number 6. Why do I struggle with relationships? Remember, the words of the Koheleth do not represent God's viewpoint. He is describing his personal life experience, and apparently he had a bad experience with the opposite sex. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 27, Behold, I have discovered this, says the preacher, adding one thing to another to find an explanation, which I am still seeking, but I have found none. I have found one man among a thousand, but I have not found a woman among all these. The gap on his views between men and women are not that great. There is a 0.1% difference between his experience of relationships with men and women. His experience is that 99.9% of men cannot be respected. Jesus went further. He said 100% of men cannot be trusted. In John chapter 2, verse 25, and Jeremiah said the same thing in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. Number 7. What about personality problems? People are complex and therefore have different degrees of complexes. Behold, I have found only this, that God made men upright, but they have sought out many devices. The Good News translation reads, This is all that I have learned. God made us plain and simple, but we have made ourselves very complicated. The Koheleth poses further questions of the natural man considering life under the sun. Number 8. How do we put up with power mongers? In Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verses 1 through 6, in Romans chapter 13, and John chapter 19 verses 10 through 11. Number 9. Why am I uncertain of the future? In Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verses 7 through 8, in John chapter 14 verses 1 through 4. Number 10. Why do I have little hope for justice? In Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verses 11 through 13, in Isaiah chapter 2 verses 3 through 5. The truth is that if God were to deal with sin immediately, every human being would be wiped from the planet. These questions should cause us to meditate upon the good news of Jesus Christ, God's gift to us of wisdom from above. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Now let's move on to the New Testament portion of our reading. 
Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 7, verses 8 through 16. 2 Corinthians, chapter 7, verse 8. For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I see that the letter grieved you, though only for a while. As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment. At every point you have proved yourselves innocent in the matter. So although I wrote to you, it was not for the sake of the one who did the wrong, nor for the sake of the one who suffered the wrong, but in order that your earnestness for us might be revealed to you in the sight of God. Therefore we are comforted. And besides our own comfort, we rejoiced still more at the joy of Titus, because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. For whatever boasts I made to him about you, I was not put to shame. But just as everything we said to you was true, so also our boasting before Titus has proved true. And his affection for you is even greater, as he remembers the obedience of you all, how you received him with fear and trembling. I rejoice, because I have complete confidence in you. And this is the end of our reading from our New Testament portion, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. The New Testament epistles are what is called crisis literature, addressing specific problems. The Apostle Paul, who called for church discipline in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, is grateful that the church responded and through the means of church discipline restored a repentant sinner to fellowship. He describes the benefits of repentance and restoration and contrasts this with those who have not discovered the gift of turning away from sin and putting their faith in God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Paul is pleased that his confidence in the Corinthians was not disappointed. Titus was happy to be able to give a good report. May our obedience to the revealed will of God bring joy to those who must give an account. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Now let's read from the New Testament songbook and prayer book, the book of Psalms, Psalm 48, verses 1 through 14. Zion, the city of our God, a song, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Psalm 48. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion, in the far north, the city of the great king. With her citadels, God has made himself known as a fortress. For behold, the kings assembled, they came on together. As soon as they saw it, they were astounded. They were in panic, they took to flight. Trembling took hold of them there, anguish as of a woman in labor. By the east wind you shattered the ships of Tarshish. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, which God will establish forever. We have thought on your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. As your name, O God, 
so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Zion. Go around her. Number her towers. Consider well her ramparts. Go through her citadels, that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God forever and ever. He will guide us forever. Let's step back and reflect upon this psalm, Psalm 48. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. How beautiful it is to see His reign in the midst of His city. This is a foreshadowing of the new Jerusalem, the new creation of God in Christ Jesus. It is in Christ Jesus that all the enemies of God are defeated. In Psalm 48, verses 4-8. through The citizens of the city meditate on God's unfailing love. Have you done that today? Take some time to reflect on the many expressions of His goodness and unfailing love. His mercies are new every morning, just waiting to be discovered. The people of God are called to bear His testimony. See how they love one another. And we pray that this testimony will endure throughout all generations. Verse 14 contains a personal promise for the believer, the citizen of this new kingdom. For such is God, our God forever and ever. He will guide us until death. Psalm 48, verse 14. Psalm 48 celebrates God's activity in bringing about the reconciliation of a lost world to the rule of God. Zion, or Jerusalem, is the center stage for the drama of redemption, for it is there that we see the promise of God fulfilled, the Messiah offering His life to ransom us from the hold of sin, Satan, and death. God has a plan for a new Jerusalem as the Lord Jesus returns to earth. The establishment of Jerusalem forever is a prophecy pertaining to the eternal reign of Christ, for it is the Prince of Peace who will reign in the city of peace, Jerusalem. Psalm 48, verse 8. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God. God will establish her forever. And now for our final stop on our Bible reading tour today, we go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 22, verses 17 through 19. Words of the Wise Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply your heart to my knowledge, for it will be pleasant if you keep them within you, if all of them are ready on your lips, that your trust may be in the Lord. I have made them known to you today, even to you. May this word from Proverbs inspire you to learn more of Christ. May it inspire you to give ear to the hearing of His Word and to meditate upon it. Internalize Scripture. Keep it within you. Seek to apply it in your daily life. Have it ready on your lips. Speak these words of truth to yourself and to others. You will discover afresh the relevance of God's truth, and it will cause your trust in the Lord to grow deeper. Let's take a moment to pray together. Lord, we thank You for the wisdom of the cross the perfect solution to the human dilemma, wisdom from above. The world, through its wisdom alone, cannot know you. Thank you for commanding the light to shine into our hearts, bringing the revelation of your full expression of truth in Christ, who has become our all in all. We see that the purpose of our lives is to mirror his likeness to all creation and bring glory to your name. Empower us through fresh repentance and spiritual renewal to fulfill this mission. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that your souls are being encouraged by this daily intake of God's Word and that you will continue to meditate upon it. 
The book of Ecclesiastes reminds us of the brevity of life and the waste of it if we fail to repent of our sin against God and respond to His gracious call to believe on the Lord of life, Jesus Christ, the light and Savior of the world. God willing, we will be back tomorrow and finish the book of Ecclesiastes and move on from the vanity of vanities to the song of songs on the following day. We trust this podcast is a benefit to you, and we encourage you to tell others about it as it may encourage them in the daily discipline of reading the scriptures. It's never too late to start reading the Bible. How many lives have been changed because they responded to the call to pick up and read? You can learn more about our mission to combat biblical illiteracy and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ by going to our website, newlife.org. You can also subscribe there to a free daily written copy of our commentary on each day's reading from the One Year Bible with illustrations and maps and charts. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us by email writing to podcast at newlife.org. That is newlife.org. So until next time, may the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Shalom.